Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Jesus. Wasn't worship incredible this morning? I love that set of songs. There's a lot in that set about Jesus. Amen. I love that painting over there, Maddie, as well. That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, it's good to be here this morning. I'm so glad to be here. Um, anybody else glad to be at church this morning? All right. Well, um, I'm going to preach a message that I preached actually last Saturday, and Renee said, could you please pray about preaching that again? So here I am preaching this again. Um, you know, I love that scripture in Acts 15. It says, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to Renee, and I am here to do this. So yeah, it actually seems good to me uh, as well. So <clears throat> I want to talk about the Holy Spirit and his ministry of awe this morning. Uh, you know, it's interesting, after I shared this, people started sending me uh, several people around the nation, around the world that are starting to talk about the awe of God. And I thought, oh, that's cool. Because the Holy Spirit has a ministry of awe that he wants to pull us into. And the early church, um, Acts 2.43 says everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And so they kept feeling this sense of awe. They kept feeling it. They were feeling it again and again, over and over, every day. When they woke up, they were feeling a sense of awe. When they came to church, they were feeling a sense of awe. Everywhere they went, they were feeling a sense of awe. I love the language here. They kept feeling it. They kept feeling the sense of awe. How many know that God is into feelings? It actually matters the way that we feel. Amen? It matters. And our emotions are a part of worshiping God, and they kept feeling, they had this feeling, this sense of awe that was happening over and over. And what is awe? Awe is this place of, of reverence, admiration, respect, and wonder, the fear of God. But sometimes when we use the word fear, we, we, we don't understand it in its right context. It's this place of, of wonder and admiration, this place that you begin to see God and his majesty and all his wonder, and just how amazing, and how big, and how large he is. Amen. And something happened really powerful in the first century church. We see it here. It talks about that these signs and wonders were taking place through the apostles, and so we see that there, and you can see in the, before this, there was this extreme generosity. So salvation's Ab, uh, salvations, the miraculous, extreme generosity were a character of the early church, of the first century church. And I want to, um, to submit to you this morning that it was more 
than the signs and wonders that were creating awe. And that's what I want to talk about. That's what we're going to look at this morning. It was more than just those signs and wonders. I believe those were a part of the package, but those were something that were of overflow of something else that was happening that I want to talk about this morning. And the Holy Spirit, let's just talk about him for a moment. If I was doing a Holy Spirit one-on-one class, the things that I'm about to share with you, I would do in that class. So some of this may feel uh, like things that you know. I hope you do. I hope you know a lot about the Holy Spirit. But I want to give you some things maybe you haven't thought about in a while this morning. So the first thing that I would want to talk about in a Holy Spirit one-on-one class are the attributes of the Holy Spirit. And so one, we need to understand that he is divine. So he's the third person of the Trinity. And we've got the Father, we've got the Son, we've got the Holy Spirit. He is equal to the Father and to the Son. They are all equal. They have different roles in a sense, but they are all equal. They are all one and they are all equal. And he's also omnipresent. What does that mean? He's everywhere. So the Holy Spirit is everywhere all at once. He is omniscient. What does that mean? He is infinite in understanding. And so there's no limit to God's understanding. There's no spot where his understanding stops. Let that sink in for a moment. I have limited understanding, but God has unlimited understanding of everything that ever has been, ever will be, ever is right now. God has it. He knows it all. And he put inside of man this this, uh, this desire to understand. We love knowledge, but let me submit to you, the highest knowledge is the knowledge of God. The revelation knowledge of God is the highest knowledge. He's also um, omnipotent. What does that mean? He's unlimited in power. Whatever your situation is, I can promise you this, God does have the ability to change it. God does have the ability to heal. He's unlimited in power. There's nothing that limits him. There's no miracle that's too big for God. There's no situation, whatever your situation feels like, it's not too big for God. God is unlimited in power. He literally spoke the universe into existence. Amen? And he made you, which is a miracle. And so he is omnipotent, unlimited in his power. He's also eternal. He has no beginning and he has no end. He existed before creation. He actually existed before what we would call history. God has always been and he will always be. Now, theologically, that will mess you up. Don't try to figure that one out, right? That one, we'll understand that one one day, maybe in heaven. The fact that he was, has always been and he always will be. God has always existed. He is the creator. He's the one that created all things. And so he existed before anything else existed. All right. Um, and another thing that I would do if I was gonna talk about the Holy Spirit in a class is I would talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. So those Those would be defined as the attributes of the Holy Spirit, but the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's really important that we get 
this. We understand him as a person. He's not an it. He's, he's not an impersonal power. He's a person, the person of the Holy Spirit. How do we know he's a person? The word talks about this. You can see this in the Bible, that he, he actually has an intellect. He has a will. He has emotion. He can speak. Anybody ever heard the Holy Spirit speak? He can be insulted. We could actually insult the Holy Spirit. Don't want to do that. He can be lied to. Ask Ananias and Sapphira about that in Acts. But he can be lied to. Um, He can be blasphemed. He can be resisted. He can even be quenched. And I want to say something about quenching the Holy Spirit. In charismatic churches, we're like, yeah, because that, that's they won't let God move. Yeah, that could be quenching the Spirit, but my attitude could also quench the Spirit. Right? I could have a bad attitude and I could quench the Spirit. And I don't want to quench the Spirit. This morning, before church, Stacy and I had a little bit of an interaction that wasn't that positive, and we don't, we don't have many of those, but I was like, oh, I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit, especially before I got to preach. <laughs> no, I don't want to quench him at all, like, at all. Like, we're, we're good at dealing with our stuff, but uh, anybody else have those before you come to church? It's, like, really opportune. Well, if you ever preach, wait, it'll, it might show up sometime, and you're like, wow, I got to well, we both had to say we're sorry, which is the way it should be, and we did. But, um, but he can be quenched, and I don't, I don't want to quench him at all. I don't want to live a life that, that quenches the Holy Spirit. When I allow stress to dominate my life, I'm quenching the Holy Spirit. And so he can be quenched. He's a person. He's, he's, not, he's not an it. He's not just some Uh, impersonal, obscure power that if we stand just right, it'll show up. He's a person. And to understand him as a person actually changes how I relate to him. And it changes my understanding about that relationship. I really, well, I can't have a relationship with an it, but I can have a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, If he's a power, if the Holy Spirit was a power, we would just wanna get a hold of it. If he's a divine person, we're gonna want him to get a hold of us. Amen? If the Holy Spirit's a power, we're gonna wanna wield that power. Wield the power of the Holy Spirit. But, and we're gonna wanna use that power to to accomplish our will, what we wanna see happen. But if he's a divine person, then I want to surrender to him more. I don't wanna wield the Holy Spirit, I just wanna surrender to the Holy Spirit. I want him to actually use me as a tool in his hands, amen? If the Holy Spirit's a power, we'll be proud that we have it and feel superior to those who do not. 
If a divine person, we will be humble that he has chosen to dwell with us. Are you hearing me on this? Now listen, I've been a part of charismatic churches since I was 15. That's what, almost 40 years. And I, there is one thing that I've noticed, that there is a certain type of pride that can slip in towards others particularly other churches that maybe aren't walking at the level of the power of the Holy Spirit that we think that they should walk at. And this pride can come in and this superiority can come in that we are the ones that have the truth. Or it can even be between charismatic churches like, hey, we got more going on over here than you. And when, we, when we're in that place, we're treating the Holy Spirit when we come in that kind of attitude like an it, like a power that we possess, that we, that, we, that we somehow wield, that we have control of. When we come, when we come in that way we're, and we begin to operate in pride, that's where we are. And so God wants us to walk in humility. If anything, the more he shows up, the more humble we should become. And the more loving we should become towards everybody. I love what Bill shared last night. We should just become where we just love everyone. And we love every church. And we love what every church brings. You know, I was listening to a podcast about a month ago. I don't even remember the name of it. But it was Presbyterians talking about communion. And I got rocked by their, their love for communion. I was like, man, these guys have an understanding of communion that blows my mind. The way that they honor it. And the way that they love, the, the way that they connect with God through communion is so powerful. And I was like, man, I need to listen to these guys more. And these guys are not in the same stream that I'm in, but there's something that I can receive. I'm thankful for so many things. I grew up Baptist. I'm so thankful for so many of the things that were imparted to me. And here's the reality. There is no perfect church so Dana and Janessa and I, we're gonna do a class on 1 Corinthians and we've been studying it. We're taking a year to study it. It's gonna be a good class when we put it out. You should get in there. But listen, one thing you will understand really quickly is, is the Corinthians were messed up. I mean, I'm not kidding, guys. Pick any church problem at Bethel Austin and it, it probably doesn't even pale to what was happening with the Corinthians. They had a lot of issues and I've said it before, they got two books from Paul, right, two letters, two letters, we gotta do two letters. He actually went to them, then he left, he, he had to come back anyway. It was, they had a lot of issues, they had a lot of problems, so here's the thing, every single church has problems. But I don't, I don't wanna point their problems out, I'll let God deal with their problems, unless I'm in relationship, right? Paul had relationships with churches that he corrected. He didn't have a ministry of going around correcting everyone, and so, but, I want to look at the good that God brings through everyone, amen. And I don't wanna be walking in pride. All right, so let's get low. He's not, let me say this, this one's for us. This is for our stream. Holy Spirit's not a manifestation. Um. He gives joy, amen. We might manifest laughter, but he gave joy. He's not laughter, amen. 
He may also give joy, and guess what else could happen? You know what happens to me typically? I'll cry. So if we say that the manifestation is the Holy Spirit per se, it's what happens sometimes when he shows up, but he shows up and all kinds of things can happen. I could, joy could come, and I could, there could be laughter. I could cry. I could just sit there in complete ecstasy. So when I, you know, the quieter I get in a service, actually the more encounter I'm having, right? Some people get like, yeah, I get like, got to be still right now. Y'all move aside. I'm just going into counter mode. That's how I get. Now, look, both of those things can be a manifestation that the Holy Spirit, when he shows up, happens. It's how I react. It's how I connect in that moment to the Holy Spirit. And it's all good, but he's he's not the manifestation per se. It's just what happens when he shows up. He could also bring things like humility. He could bring kindness, Think about that. You have an encounter with God and you get so kind. I mean, people don't know what to do with you. They're like, stop being so nice. (laughs) You ever had that? Like, you're just too nice. You're too kind. But no, the Holy Spirit will make, can make us, there can be this, this fruit of kindness. There could be gentleness that comes in. Amen. And I may, what happens when kindness comes in? So the Holy Spirit brings kindness. The manifestation of that may mean that I go and start doing kind things for everybody around me. Amen? All right. We're going to get there. Here's the other thing. He's not a spiritual gift. Again, he's not an it, but he gives spiritual gifts. So we've got to get it in the right context. He gives gifts. They come from him, but he's not a spiritual gift. He is the person of the Holy Spirit. He is the one who is equal with the Father and the Son who is who does release gifts in our midst. Amen? All right. Third thing I want to talk about is his work in the earth. And I, I've kind of got a list here. I'm just going to have to read it. I don't have it memorized. But... Um, I want, I want to just go through this because I want you to also understand these other things the Holy Spirit does. So he's working in the earth right now, and here's some of the things that he does. He brings us into fellowship with the Father and the Son. He imparts life. He sets free from death. He gives wisdom and revelation. The Holy Spirit does this. He teaches us. Did you know he's a teacher? He comforts us. Have you ever needed comfort? There is a place you can be where there's no comfort of man that will actually help you. It's appreciated. It, it has its place, but there are things that can happen in your life that you just need the Holy Spirit to comfort you. And no one else will but the Holy Spirit, and he can do it. He imparts spiritual truth. He teaches us again. He fills us. He pours out love, the love of God, inside of our hearts. He enables us, I want you to hear this, to walk in holiness. If you think you can't walk in holiness, you're right. But the Holy Spirit, you partner with the Holy Spirit and you begin to walk in holiness, enabled by his power to actually do it. What is holiness? It's that otherness of God. It's that utter otherness of God that we can begin to walk in. We can become like him because of the power of the Holy Spirit. He is our down payment of all that we're going to have in heaven. Amen? 
He also makes intercession for us. He helps us. He prays, helps us to pray as well. He imparts gifts for ministry. We talked about that. He imparts fruit. The fruit of the Spirit comes from him. He strengthens our inner being. If you need strength in your inner being, what you do, he strengthens us. He brings conviction to the lost. Somebody say amen. What does that mean? It means it's not my job to actually bring conviction to the lost. The Holy Spirit's really good at it. Amen? Look, he's really good at it. I've told this story before up here. We had a guy in a church that I was pastoring in Palestine, Texas, good old East Texas. Y'all don't know it, but that's where I'm from. It slips out every once in a while. If you saw my truck, you would say, oh yeah, that, that boy is from East Texas, right? But um, we're in church, and I've shared this story. This guy, he's, apparently he's outside, he's sitting on the curb, never heard of Jesus in his life. I don't know how that happens in East Texas, but he had never heard of Jesus in his life. And uh, he's very much into all kinds of crystals and new age and all kinds of stuff. Well, I see him come, we're worshiping, I'm up at the front. I see him come down the center aisle. As he's coming down, he begins to take these crystals and he can't get them off fast enough. He's throwing them off. He's casting them off like he can't get them off. Never been in a church, never heard of Jesus and he's throwing this stuff off and he gets down the front and he falls down and he, we go up to him. He gives his life to Jesus right there on the spot. Yeah. And he's stuck, like he's stuck in church. Yeah, and you know, God had to redeem his mind. He had all kinds of weird ideas and stuff, right? Like everyone does. We, you know, someone gets saved, we expect they don't have any weird ideas anymore suddenly, <laughs> right? But there's a mind renewal that has to go on. But he gets saved, but I asked him, I said, what was happening to you? He said, when I walked in to the, I felt a presence I've never felt before, and I don't know how to describe it, but it was so pure that all this stuff, I couldn't, it felt dirty to me, and I just had to get it off of me. Holy Spirit's good at convicting the loss. Amen? He is. He convicts. Uh, He also endows us with power to proclaim him, to proclaim Jesus. Amen. So that's, that's some of the stuff that he does. All right. So that's my setup. You guys okay with that? Because you have to understand, to, you need to understand the person of the Holy Spirit and what he's doing and how he's operating so that you know how to partner with him. Amen. So John 16, 13, let's look at this says this about the Holy Spirit, and this is Jesus speaking here. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, and he will take from mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. This is why I said that he takes from mine and will disclose it to you. So here's the awe. I want you to understand what the Holy Spirit does, how he operates. The Holy Spirit brings us in to the awe, not of the signs and wonders, but of Jesus. That's his ministry. That's what he does. And it says here, first, it says that he will what? He will guide us into all truth. Who is the way, the truth, and the life? Jesus is. 
So the Holy Spirit brings us into what? The truth of Jesus. That's what he brings us into. And it also says, and I love this about the Holy Spirit, he only speaks what he hears. He only speaks what he hears. He only speaks what he hears. He doesn't speak anything else. And then it says that he, um, that he glorified, that Jesus said he will glorify me. He glorifies Jesus. This is his ministry. And then it keeps going. It says he also will disclose to you, and it says this twice. If there's something twice in a sentence in a Bible, I want to pay attention, in the Bible, I want to pay attention. It says, and he will take from mine and will what? Disclose it to you. So all that, all that uh, Jesus has he will disclose to us. So the Holy Spirit, and it goes on at the end, it says he takes from mine and will disclose it to you. And so the Holy Spirit shares with us everything that the Father has given Jesus, the Holy Spirit shares with us. He discloses to us what that inheritance is. He shows us as co-heirs, and I think it's amazing that he made us co-heirs, He didn't just make us heirs. He made us co-heirs with him. In other words, everything that he has, we get. And so the Holy Spirit is disclosing to us what the Father has given Jesus and what Jesus, by dying on the cross, has given to us. And it's really, really powerful when we begin to understand this ministry and what he is doing. And the Holy Spirit's humility strikes me. It always does when I read this. I'm amazed at his humility. Because he is equal to the Father and the Son, yet he only would speak what he hears from them. And his whole role is to take what the Father gave Jesus and what is now Jesus and show it to us and to glorify Jesus. So the Holy Spirit, to understand his ministry, to partner with him, we need to understand what he's doing. He is glorifying Jesus. That is, the, that is what he does. That is what he is about. That is why he is in the earth for that Really for that one thing, there's so many things he does, but that really is the primary thing that everything flows through, is that he is glorifying Jesus, that he is constantly glorifying Jesus. That's what he's about. And that humility, it just strikes me of what he does, this position that he takes to glorify the Son. Amen? And I'm amazed at the Father as well. The Father says, listen, all that I have, I give to my son. And he gives the son the highest name. Jesus has the highest name. He's been exalted to the highest place. And so the, I love the Trinity. I love how they operate. They are one, yet they each are distinct, doing these different, they have these different things that they're doing, but they're completely one and completely together and completely in unity. And it's beautiful, when you begin to see how they operate. And it's really a great example of how we should operate. We're always looking for the other one. The Holy Spirit's saying, I'm glorifying Jesus. And so he's glorifying him. So I wanna talk a little bit about In Hebrews 1, 1, I want to just read a scripture to you about, about Jesus. And it, it talks in, in Hebrews 1, 1. It says that um, in verse, Hebrews 1, 2, it says, In these last days he's spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, 
Through him, he also made the world. And he is the radiance, speaking of Jesus here, he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. So we see that here that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God He's this exact representation of the nature of God and, uh, and he upholds the, all things by the word of his power, speaking to his position as the creator, as the one who upholds everything. Every molecule in my body is held together by Jesus. Amen. And I love, but what I love about this passage, why I wanted to bring it out, is that the Holy Spirit is the one that is disclosing the radiance, the beautiful radiance of Jesus. He is disclosing it and wants to disclose it more. I've described an experience that I had many times up here, but when I first met Holy Spirit, I was 15 years old went to the Baptist church. But let me just say this. I, I grew up in church, but my family life was a wreck. I had a, and my family, like my whole family walked with, with God, but my family was a family that internally was having a lot of struggles. My parents had a lot of struggles. So I was, I grew up because of that. I was, I had so much hate in my heart. I had bitterness I had so much stuff that was just percolating there. And there was just this rift in my family with my parents that just created so much stuff. And I know many of you in this room have probably experienced something similar. And so we went to church. We were at church, and I'm thankful for that because even in all that angst, I'm hearing about God. But when I was 15, 15 15-year-old, never had heard really much about the Holy Spirit if anything, probably thought he was more like an it or this kind of obscure thing over here. And um, I'm in a, we're in a meeting. A guy's talking about his encounter. So it's about 50 Baptists in this meeting that had heard about this guy that had encountered God at a James Robinson. Anybody know James Robinson? You know his TV show. You don't know. He was quite an evangelist at one time before his TV show. And so there was a big conference in Dallas, about 10,000 people that James was leading. And somehow this guy had this, this encounter with the Holy Spirit, so he's sharing it. And I knew in that moment I had to get prayer. And when I got prayer, I hit the floor. Never had seen that even happen to anyone, obviously. I hit the floor for five hours. And I've described this before. It's liquid love hitting my feet, going up through my body over and over again. Over and love I'd never experienced before, just going up and over and through me. Basically, like I'm almost being lifted up off the ground because the love of God was so strong. It was wave after wave, wave after wave for four or five hours. I want you to think about it. the intensity never stopped. It wasn't like, oh, in and out of encounter. No, I was in it. But one thing I, I haven't described much, I did last Saturday, was the radiance. All I could see, if I would have opened my eyes, it was pure white. But it wasn't a white like we would describe white. It was radiant. A radiant white, this pure white of Jesus. And I could sense, I could sense that that was, I, that that was Jesus. Like I was just in this and the Holy Spirit's just showing me the radiance of Jesus. 
it wasn't like the Jesus, like, you know, like we it's, would see, you know, in uh, drawn, drawn it like a person. It was his radiance. I couldn't even see past his radiance. And we know he has a body like us, but I couldn't even see that. All I could see is this radiance surrounding me. And so it was like pure light that was surrounding me. And so the Holy Spirit, this is what I love. He's holding me in this moment. I don't know if you've ever been there. Like he's holding me there and I'm having this encounter and he's like, here's Jesus. Let me show you Jesus. Let me, let me, let me, let me let you feel the love of Jesus literally go through your entire body. Let me let you see his radiance. And so he's just holding me in that moment and he's holding me and he's holding me and he's holding me. And God wants us to hold us in that, those moments. The Holy Spirit, that's what he does. He brings us to this place of awe. We can't create the awe of God. I can't, I can't bring myself to that place. I can just say, well, God, I'm here I open up my heart, I can do that. Would you show me the awe? Would you bring me to this place of awe and seeing the radiance of God? Would you hold me in that moment? Amen? And let me say this. When, we, when the church begins to align with the awe of God, something special happens. When everyone, when everyone begins, like in Acts, to experience and keep feeling this sense of awe. Can you imagine if the Holy Spirit holds an entire community of people in that place of awe? What it would be like? One, the radiance, the beauty, the love, all this flowing. This is what he desires to do. We just, and all we can do, we can step into it. We can choose to do that or not. But the Holy Spirit wants to hold us in this place of awe. And when a community aligns with what the Holy Spirit is doing, amazing things can happen. And of course, we know that the miraculous will happen and the signs and wonders will happen. And that's, a, that's awesome. But I wanna, I wanna point out some other things that could happen. Um, when we begin to understand what we are doing here, that we are creating a space in partnership with the Holy Spirit for the radiance of Jesus to be manifested in our midst, to be seen in our midst. When we are worshiping, we are creating a space for the radiance of Jesus, for the love of God to flow among us as a community. If I understand that, I just don't go to church. I show up to church to worship and to join together with my brothers and sisters and begin to partner with the Holy Spirit that the glory of God could fill a place. Amen? And when that happens, when I begin to understand that, okay, that changes things. That changes how I show up to church. That changes, that changes even why I'm there because we can come to church for all kinds of reasons and they're not, all, they're not bad necessarily, but if we don't have the primary reason right, which is to come glorify Jesus, 
then we're gonna miss everything. And so, I, I wanna submit this to you. If we are living from this place of awe and understanding our partnership with what the Holy Spirit is doing and what his role is in the earth today, what his assignment is in the earth today, what the Father and the Son are doing and and the Holy Spirit are doing collectively together, what their intent, what their purpose is, then it's going to change, let me just say this, how we serve. And I made a list, Stacy thought this was hilarious. She's like going down memory lane. I made a list of all the things that I, well, not all, that'd be an understatement, but a lot of the things that I've done to build community that steps into the awe of God. You wanna hear them? Now listen, I'm not saying this from an arrogant place. I just want you to get something. So I've cleaned the church. Yeah, like um, we're part of a church, like we didn't have enough money to clean it. So we just, families, we volunteered. It's like 20,000 square feet. This is 36,000 square feet, both of our places. So we're cleaning every week. Like you got on a sign-up list to clean the church, right? So that was fun, right? It wasn't that clean, I can tell you that. But <laughs> when Stacy clean, yeah. But clean the church, right? Um, I've been a bookkeeper. That's how I got in the ministry. I started as a, I was like, hey, I, I can help y'all with that. And so I kept the books. Um, taught classes. I've ran sound told the sound guys if they ever need me back there, I'm available. When I say ran sound, listen, sometimes you're the only guy in the room that says yes. Man, that looks cool. I can do these knobs, like slides. Ooh, I don't like the way they sound. We'll take them down. We'll pull them up, you know. You gotta be a, you gotta be a little control freak. No, we're, we're thankful for our sound guys. I, I couldn't even touch what they do back there. This is some other level. Amen, thank you for them. Look, so I've handed out bulletins. Um, I've, I printed bulletins at my house and I paid for the ink for the bulletins. Then I handed out the bulletins. Then I picked up the bulletins off the floor and took them to the trash, right? And so look, I've led small groups. I've been a senior pastor three times, associate pastor two times, executive pastor one time. I've led jail ministry. I've ushered, built websites. I've laid carpet. If you need any carpet laid, let's talk. I've led worship, kind of. (laughs) So I've probably told this, but in New York City, uh, we had quite the worship team. There were five of us, like five of us. The, our piano player was tone deaf. I don't know. Guitar player scream, bang, scream the guitar. We had Laverne, who was in her 70s on the drums. Best drummer I've ever seen, though, because we needed a drummer, so she started taking lessons. Right? Look, when I got there, I was like, man, none of y'all can sing. Like, it's, like this, is, this hurts. This is painful. I love that your heart of worship, but this is painful right now. And so I was like, well, I can carry a note at least. So, 
but I, I don't like to do praise, so let's get Sam. Sam's Puerto Rican. Now, Sam could do praise, man. He could, like, bring the house down. Like, we're jumping and going crazy. And then I would come in, so we'd have to divide it, right? So we'd have to do praise first, and then I would come in and do worship because I, I can connect with God in worship. And so that was our, pray, that was our worship team right there. So, but why are we doing that? To, to, to bring awe. And, and listen, we really need the Holy Spirit to help us, <laughs> right? And he did. Believe it or not, like the Holy Spirit, God would show up. And I mean, I remember one time I was leading and um, I real, I, I'm like, there's something wrong. And then I figured it out after about five minutes. The guitar player and the piano player were in, playing in different keys at the same time. So, okay, anyway, let's go to Sozo for that one. All right. De, uh, scrub floors, design graphics, built buildings, painted walls, so many walls. I don't know about you guys, I think that painting walls, is, it's, it's just a part of, if you go to church, you're gonna paint a wall eventually. If you haven't painted a wall here, it's because they're all new, and this is a new building, but wait, you're gonna be painting some walls before long. Let outreaches, serve tables. This is a funny one. I was the apostolic covering over when women pray. That's one of my favorite ones. I was, and, and look, in New York, and it wasn't all women that went to these meetings. I never could figure that out. But I would go and they'd ask me to speak and they're like, hey, can you, here's what happened. God showed up so, so strong one meeting. They're like, hey, could you be like the apostolic covering? I was like, I'm 25, I guess so. <laughs> I didn't even know what I was signing up for really. But it was like, sure, I, that, hey, I would like that title anyway. You know, that sounds, not the pastor, uh, but the, huh? 30, yeah. 32, okay. That's still pretty young. Not that you have to be old, but all right. Um, started ministries, ran a nightclub, ministry nightclub on 6th Street. That's an old story. Had a house for men, served homeless, cooked thousands of hot dogs in my house for the homeless, thousands. Hot dogs stink when you cook that many hot dogs, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Gave clean toilets. I ran a jackhammer. Do I look like a guy that should be on a jackhammer? Actually... Has anybody ever done a jackhammer in here? It was running me, I promise you. Like, we're all, like, it was rough, right? Also, we could landscape some stuff. That was with Jeff Collins. We were running that jackhammer. Um, anyway, here's what I wanna say to you guys. All of that was the privilege of my life. A privilege in the kingdom, not one of those things is better than any other. Senior pastor, it's not the highest on the list. Apostolic over when women pray, <laughs> it's not the highest on the list. Had a great title, it's not the highest on the list. None of those are better than the other. What matters is why I was doing that. What matters is why you do these types of things. When I begin to understand that the whole, and partner with the Holy Spirit, that he wants to create a place of awe, and those things, they're not the main thing, but they do allow us to come together and meet and communicate and do all the stuff that we have to do. There's just a lot of practical stuff that has to happen. Suddenly, those practical things become holy things because I begin to understand that God wants to bring awe 
into a place and I begin to serve it. And we're only going to serve to the level that we have revelation of what we're serving. And if I begin to understand that I am serving, that I am serving God in a way that is making a place for his all to show up, then it changes how I serve, amen? Let me just move through this pretty quickly. Our internal, external complaint ratio goes down when we're constantly in awe. It's like, man, that was, they didn't do that like I would have done that. If you are constantly in a place of awe, you won't care that much. Look, we want to do things with excellence. We want, we want to do things better. I love doing things the best that we can possibly do them. But let me just say, we're not going to do everything perfect. At Bethel Austin, we're not going to do everything perfectly. But that is like here compared to getting into the awe of God. So don't let something that you don't like in church trip you up because it trips a lot of people up and miss joining together, creating a place for his all to show up. Amen? Spirit sensitive. I I just got to hit this one. I want to be a spirit sensitive church. In the night, so I was in the 90s. I remember when the seeker sensitive thought came into the church. And let me just say this, it wasn't actually bad. I actually liked it. It was kind of like, hey, do we all have to wear suits to church? Because that's a barrier. Let's do away with that. So we do away with that. Well, most people did. Thank goodness we did. Uh, we, uh, let's have some coffee and donuts for people when they come in. Great. Let's, let's actually make people feel welcome to come to church. And so, I, you know, the secret sensitive was great, but I have noticed over the years what's happened is secret sensitive has become something beyond that where now it's like, you know what? We don't, we don't want to upset the seekers. So sin's no longer sin. Don't want to talk about that. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. And so um, it's morphed into this place of, of like a gospel without repentance because you don't dare want to make someone uncomfortable with their sin. That, that's actually, we, we don't want to be harsh, all right? We don't want to be harsh and unkind and all of that. But we do want to call people to come and encounter God and leave their life behind. Leaving your life behind, that's a pretty radical message to ask someone to do. Hey, leave your sin behind. Leave your old identity behind. Leave everything that you've loved behind and come and follow Jesus is a radical message. And so I wanna be spirit-led in that way. Amen? So I wanna be a spirit-sensitive church, not a seeker-sensitive church. Now, at the same time, we wanna welcome people. We want them to feel like they should be here. We wanna be kind to people. We, all, that, all that kind of stuff. Is great, but I want to be led by the Spirit. Amen. I'm going to tell you one story and then I'm going to finish this up. My brother wasn't walking with God. This was years ago. This was before I was a, a pastor. And um, we were having this move of God in Palestine, and my brother was just, he just, he wasn't walking with God at all and never really had, to be honest. And he was really just struggling, but I I kept inviting him to church. And what was I doing? I wasn't inviting him to my church. I was inviting him to come experience the awe of God that was happening in that community. 
a Palestine church. And so I, knew, I thought if I could just get him, like if I could just get him there. And so I'm inviting him in. Worship team can go ahead and come up. And uh, I'm inviting him in. I finally get him there. And so I get him there. I get him there a few times and, he, and I just stay beside him. Like he's not gonna be by himself. I'm gonna be right here with him. And then I thought, well, if I could just get him to the front. So Dave, David, you wanna go down to the front with me? And I think he turned me down a few times, but finally he's like, yeah, I just bug him till it's like, yeah, I'll go down to the front. Nothing, I mean, there was nothing, look, there's nothing magical about the front. When we, but I want you to understand, when we invite you to the front, we're actually just inviting you to come together and let's get together and let's go for it. That's really what's happening. There's nothing, there's nothing, we could, we could all do that in the back. Like, let's all go to the back of the building and do that right? There's nothing, but there is something about coming together, which is why sometimes you'll see us like, let's come on guys, let's get all, all of that. But so I got him to the front. So we're down there at the front and God's moving and doing stuff, but he's just like hard as a rock. So then I grabbed his hand. I pull his hand up. I thought if I could just get his hand up here, something happened. You know, when I got his hand up, God started moving on him. His, and so he voluntarily puts his other hand up. <laughs> then I let go of that hand and his hands stay up. And my brother's getting totally transformed in the presence of God. It powerfully changed him. He began to walk with God. And so I wanna say this, what, what are we doing here? We wanna bring people into the awe of God. And when we talk about being seeker sensitive, thing that people need is an encounter with the presence of God. Don't prejudge anyone that they may or may not like that. How many people do we discount because we think, oh, they're gonna think we are crazy. <laughs> Maybe they will, I don't know. But you shouldn't pre, just bring them if they think you're crazy, you're okay, it's okay, right? But, um, but what do we do? We wanna bring people into the presence of God. We wanna bring them into the awe of God. And to do that, we need to join hearts and partner with the Holy Spirit and let his awe begin to fill us. Let's stand. And I just wanna take a few moments to submit to the Holy Spirit. to submit to the Holy Spirit, to submit our hearts to him. And whatever that looks like for you, you could put out your hands, you could, you could kneel, whatever that is, I want you just to take a moment. You could lift your hands, you could just stand as you are, but let your heart just begin to engage with him. There's one thing that he wants to do in your life today. He wants to bring you to the awe of of Jesus there is more awe that God wants to show us there is more of Jesus that the Holy Spirit wants to show us so Holy Spirit We thank you that you are with us. We thank you 
all that you do. We thank you that you are here among us right now. And we honor your ministry. We honor what you do. We honor your ministry of all. We honor and thank you for showing us Jesus. creator and sustainer of all the universe. We thank you that you show us his radiance. His radiance. That you bring us into the presence of his radiance. open up our hearts right now and we welcome it we welcome what you want to do we welcome you we welcome all that you want to do Holy Spirit just lift your hands we're going to begin to worship in a few minutes it's going to be noon you can go get your kids and bring them back in but I want to just respond corporately right now right now. You can feel his increase just happening right now. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. let him hold you in this moment right now. Just give your heart to an encounter.
welcome. Let's begin to verbalize that. Holy Spirit, welcome. We welcome you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.